This is SAFM Sport with Tabiso Musia. So before we get into our discussion, um, SABC Sport is now sending us fun facts every single day that we must share with our listeners as we build up to the World Cup. You would have had Sisonke, Sisonke promos all the time. So now they come with fun facts. And one of those that I've picked today is that this will be the last World Cup to feature 32 teams with the tournament expanding to 48 for the next edition in the USA, Mexico and Canada in 2026. And that's when the African uh, nations get more slots than the five. They get nine um, in the in the in, 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 in the next uh, World Cup. So that's just the one that I've picked. There's so much that they they've sent us and it's so hard to pick because they're all quite interesting facts. But I'm sure we'll try and give you at least one every single day now except for Boxing Wednesdays, please, as we build up to the World Cup. We'll try and keep you posted with what's happening there. We love what's coming out of SABC Sport as we build up to the FIFA World Cup. But let's talk injuries now. And uh, Bafana, UJ Physio, Ntlantla Gift Ngwenya joins us on the line. Uh, good evening, uh, Ntlantla. Thanks for speaking to us tonight on SAFM. Uh, good evening, Tabiso. Good, good evening to our listeners. Uh, <laughs> a, quick, a quick one. Uh, Dr. Nguenya is going to kill me. You, you're making me to, to steal his surname. Uh, hey, sorry, I said Nguenya <laughs> instead of Ndlova. <laughs> oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> I, I'll tell yeah. you, actually, I know why. I'm starting, I'm reading his book. That's why, that's why. Oh, all right, all right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And just remind no, us, no. besides being a, a physio for UJ, just remind us about the other work that you do. Uh, being at UJ, doing the sports medicine and science uh, in the unit there, uh, I also do the same job for the Mpumalanga province uh, with my private company, uh, assisting them with sports medicine and science uh, activities. Uh, I also do private consultations uh after work hours uh, because remember i'm i'm a full-time employee of uj so whatever work that i do i do it outside the working hours okay wonderful and where can people go if they want to consult uh for my private uh consultation now i do home visit because i i closed my practice so I, I, I usually do home visits uh, for, for my clients. I treat them at their homes, in their comfort of their homes. Yeah. Wonderful. Even, even, even better. Let's talk about these injuries then and Tlantlan leading up to the World Cup. Firstly, there seems to be a spike in injuries before this World Cup. Are, are we reading too much into it because we know that there's a World Cup just around the corner? Uh, not necessarily uh, reading too much into it, Taviso. But uh, remember, most of the leagues, uh, they have a number of tournaments that they play. You know, you have championship, you have, you know, the league itself. So you find players now being uh, overloaded. Because once you, you, you get overloaded, uh, the, the injuries now they creep in because the body can take so much in terms of the workload 
That is why most of the time you'll find a, a, a lot of players, they, you know, live in the, in, in the gym. They do extra work, you know, with their private conditioning coaches so that the body can be able to take the load that the games uh, require them to, to, to can handle. Okay, so I guess we're not reading too much into it then. And as I mentioned earlier on, we're also joined by uh, Simone uh, Conley, who's a biokineticist, who joins us on the line also to help us understand this injury. Simone, good evening, and thanks for, for, for being able to speak to us tonight on SAFM. Good evening, and good evening to your listeners. Please explain to us what exactly does a biokineticist do? <laughs> Okay, so a biokineticist is a, we're in the medical profession. We're basically the final phase of rehabilitation. We treat orthopedic injuries. We treat um, chronic conditions. And then we're there for general wellness as well. So orthopedic injuries would be like someone tore their ACL. So they, they go for an op, they see the physio. The physio then gives them over to the bio and we get them back onto the field, for example. And then a chronic condition would be something like Parkinson's disease, um, people that have had a stroke, you know, something like multiple sclerosis, which you are Sunday days and uh, suffered from. Mm. And then general wellness is, you know, if you have diabetes or high blood pressure, high cholesterol, you come to us, we help you lower those um, levels in terms of, and just get you back into a healthy uh, situation. Okay, wonderful. There you go, Fox. She's explained what she does. So we're not going to limit this to sport. If you have any questions for her uh, or for any of our guests, please send us your voice notes 061-4104-107. Even if they might be personal or just related to you, uh, here's opportunity to speak to some of the specialists. So, Simone, I was asking Ntlanda just about maybe the, the spike in injuries during this World Cup. And he says it's understandable because uh, the games are being squeezed in because of the World Cup. It's an unusual time and all of that. So as, as by then how do you try and manage players during this time or is the trick just to play less no the trick is to plan from the beginning the trick is to have a proper periodized structure of your season you knew that you were going to have a long break during the world cup time and you know during your pre-season preparation you should have factored that into your periodization so when you periodize these macro cycles, micro cycles, meso cycles, and this type of break should have been factored in. Games back to back should have been factored in. So the biggest thing is to actually have a preseason that prepares a team or an athlete or a player to actually take a lot of load in a short space of time and then have a break and then continue again, then taking a lot of load in another short space of time. It reminds me about COVID, you know, when we mm-hmm. were at the PSL and we had to sort of keep players fit and then go into a bio bubble and take a lot of load in a short space of time. That was a month that we squeezed all that games into. So it's just about planning and periodizing appropriately. Okay, that's interesting. And then on that note, uh, as the physio, I've been meaning to ask you this. Erling Haaland of Manchester City is not going to the World Cup, but when because he plays for Norway and they didn't qualify. But when he went to an international duty last time with Norway, his club sent their physio to go with him, despite the Norwegian team having its own doctors, of course. Is this normal? Is this acceptable? <laughs> uh, that is definitely not normal. You know, with, with, with the national uh, setup, usually you have a medical team, fully-fledged medical team, from a sports physician, physio, bio, sports scientist, masseur, um, you know. So usually that uh, national team 
will have a, a, a backup of uh, those medical uh, staff to to assist you know the players other other countries will they go to an extent of even having two physios going with the team two doctors you know two masseurs and, and all that so most likely in this case uh, the team maybe they were worried that uh, maybe he might not get enough attention so maybe they negotiated with the the national team i don't know what setup they they they, they created or unless that doctor of the team or the physio of the team was also part uh, of the national team because sometimes it happens that you you are, you are a physio or a doctor of a particular team and then you get a call up uh, into the national team so automatically you are able now to to see that player of yours from your team within the national setup Okay, but it's not normal. Even if you are Cristiano Ronaldo, you must be treated by the national team doctors if you go on international duty. Yes, most definitely. Remember that that is why when the players they get collapse, uh, they need to report to the medical team of the national team so that they are assessed by by the medical team itself. Uh, even if they say the player has an injury, he must still be assessed by the doctors or of the national team to confirm that injury. Okay, let's talk about injuries now, Ntlantla, um, and maybe get a better understanding. Firstly, let's start with N'Golo Kante, because Chelsea came out uh, to say that their midfielder is out with a hamstring injury that requires surgery and will keep him out for four months. So uh, clearly this is this is serious, but we've seen players recover quickly from hamstring injuries. What what are the different types of hamstring injuries then, and which is this one that rules him out for four months? Uh, the, the the injuries basically they are being graded. Uh, every injury, whether it's a tear or it's a strain or sprain, you you will have a grade one, a grade two, and a grade three. Uh, a grade one, let's say, let's talk about the tier. A grade one tier, uh, it's when you, you have a tier of the muscle fibers uh, being torn. Anything 10% to 30% of the tier. And then a, a grade two uh, tier, it's anything from 50% to 75%. Grade three, it's above 75% to 100% complete tier. Then that is a grade three uh, injury. So in this case, uh, as he'll be out for the, the four months, uh, it means uh, his injury was between a grade two and a grade three tier. And depending if he went for an op or they are managing it conservatively, because if, if it's a grade two, sometimes the doctors will, uh, will advise that maybe we can manage it conservatively, where they treat without any surgical intervention. But if an operation is required, then they take the player for suturing, then now that player must come back and go through all the protocols uh, of rehabilitation. Uh, in rehabilitation, we have different stages uh, of managing. Uh, obviously, on the init 
around the initial stages when you control the pain and the swelling around the you know the injury uh, after that then you have the initial stage of rehabilitation where you now you start to introduce uh, some exercises uh, depending on on the injury let's say in a case of a grade three after operation uh, now you in, you start with isometric exercises where you don't put you know weight on the, on the on the the injured leg and then you you progress with time uh, to to introduce isokinetic uh, exercises where now you can put uh, the weight then you can also introduce uh, a bit of resistance maybe using a band you know rubber band and then after that with time then you progress to uh, isotonic exercises where now you, you can even use you know weights and uh, you know the system in the gym for for more uh, resistance so but it, it, it takes the whole period of the four months because after you have managed the injury, the injury is healing well. Uh, you no longer have pain. You no longer have swelling. So now you must start the, the rehabilitation and you progress uh, over the time. That is why it goes to the four months because the healing of the injury itself after the operation, you might find that uh, it can take uh, anything between three to six weeks. But after that, now you must work on, on that leg to, 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 to rehabilitate it, make it stronger until uh, you get to a stage where now the biokineticists come in and then they must rehabilitate uh, even more stronger. After that, then they introduce uh, the stage where the player now must go back to the field. Now they do uh, more of sport-specific drills in the field and more of conditioning before now they can start uh, playing. Okay, interesting there. Uh, Simone, so at which stage then do you come in then after maybe the player has done the operation on the hamstring and they say he's out for, for, four, for four months? And what exactly do you do in simple English? Because Tlantla is talking about isokinetic and asymmetric <laughs> and all these things. Um, well, yeah, I would basically, well, a biokineticist and conditioning coach would basically come in towards the end phase of the rehab once the player or the patient has been cleared by the physio. So when they get to the bike nurses, that's where we start our return to play, play protocol. We're basically conditioning the person in terms of activating certain muscles, looking at their biomechanics, how they walk, how they run, getting them back into, you know, activity, basically. So the physio treats more of the acute phase and the bio then takes them back to their same level of activity there's different phases within the bios treatment and the end phase of the bios treatment is the sport specific conditioning like you heard in Plantla say um, that's when we become very specific so if it's football player we'll do a lot of on-field ball work you know sprinting running agility plyometrics so 
Yeah, that's basically what a biognosis would do. It starts off with the very basics, fixing the biomechanics, which is how you walk, how you run, how you squat, how you turn, you know, and then we would progress it to sports specific. Okay, before I move on to the one about Paul Pogba, Simone, um, we've seen your work in local football with the various clubs that you've worked for. Um, does it depend on individuals about how well they do in their recovery period? Like if they say he'll be back after four months, uh, do you have players that work harder than others to try and get back quicker or players just don't work hard enough? How does it work? Yes, 100%. You get obviously players that have a greater work ethic than others. You get players that take a bigger psychological knock by a certain injury than others, you know. So there's a lot of factors that come into, especially a rehabilitation of an injury at an elite level. So you'd get a situation where a player is really psychologically blown because they might have been on a high, you know, scoring lots of goals or playing in the midfield, just dictating the midfield or, you know, wanting to be defender or goalkeeper of the season and then they get injured and they're psychologically deters them and then you know the level that they put into their rehab obviously would be determined by their psychological state so there's a lot that we do you know in terms of being a physio and a biokinesis off of or away from the actual exercises we've got to work on their mentality we've got to motivate them we've got to keep them inspired so yeah it just depends on their uh, psychological state also on their, their attitude you know some players are just hard workers than others you know, so I've definitely worked with players that really put it in and come back sooner. And then I've worked with players that just delay and delay and delay because they're just happy to be getting a salary at the end of the day. Oh, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> do, do you agree, Tantanjovo? Because there was a tweet of um, the England defender, the Man City defender, Kyle Walker. He also had to undergo surgery and he tweeted that as players, we have to appreciate injuries are part and parcel of the game we love. My operation was a success and now I can concentrate on my rehab and getting back to full fitness. And even if you see the picture of he's just smiling there with his thumbs up, but he's on a hospital bed. Yeah, no, uh, that, that's a very excellent attitude because as Simone was saying, you know, the player needs to also be in, in a good mental state because, you know, some players are not as strong uh, when it comes to them being injured. So if psychologically you are not in the right state of mind, it affects your rehabilitation. It delays everything in terms of uh, your recovery and being well uh, rehabilitated. So hence, it's, it's important uh, that in a team, uh, you have a holistic approach towards the rehabilitation. The doctor must be involved, the physio, the bio, you know, including the coach, also have a psychologist, you know, that will be part uh, of the rehabilitation process because now you must communicate uh, also including the player itself. Keep on updating the player, keep on, you know, motivating, making sure that the player is following, you know, every step the way it's supposed to be. Then you set also targets uh, together with the player so that we are able to push within the time frame. Because, you know, players, when, when they're injured, the first thing that they ask you, uh, when, when will I be back on the field? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that's the main thing. That, yeah, no. So, <laughs> also the coaches they will ask you uh, when 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 am I getting back my player? So now you must keep on communicating with everyone who's involved so that 
uh, everyone is on the loop and understanding of all the processes that are happening. Okay, interesting. Those who are just joining us, we are talking about, we are discussing uh, injuries leading up to the World Cup. Some of the football players have been affected by a number of injuries and we're just trying to get a better understanding as we build up to this World Cup. We do this once a month, our sports medicine feature with um, UJ Efizio, who also runs his own, uh, who also does his own thing. And Gwenya. <laughs> you see, here we go. And, and, and we've also he's also brought along a friend uh, who's well known in football circles, biokineticist uh, Simone Conley. She's been with Highlands Park and she's been with Tex Galaxy and all these teams. So we're just discussing these matters. You're welcome to send us your voice notes on 061 4104 107. And just a quick update in that Sundowns game. The game has not started, it's been delayed due to lightning at the Herigwala Stadium. So the match is now scheduled to kick off at 8.30. Even warm-up has been delayed to quarter to eight. So there's no action there, but there is action between Chipa and uh, Cape Town City. Uh, they're still goalless after the first five minutes. Chelsea was leading 1-0 at the break in that match against Salzburg there. They should top the group and win. Um, if they win, they should top the group. So, Ntantla, just back to you now. Here's the big one that I've been meaning to ask you since I knew we were going to discuss this. Paul Pogba decided <laughs> against going for surgery initially on his troublesome meniscus on the right knee, saying that it's going to hamper his chances of going to the World Cup. But eventually, after advice from this club, uh, Juventus, and after they checked the injury again last month, he finally decided to do it. Firstly, what exactly is a meniscus injury on the right knee? And I'm even saying it right. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> the meniscus, it, it, it's like a shock absorber inside the, the knee joint. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you, you have a piece that is on the medial inside the knee and a piece that is on the lateral outside the knee. So it prevents uh, the bone from... Uh, the femur bone uh, to get in contact with uh, the tibia and fibula bone, the lower leg. So with the meniscus inside, then you don't have the friction uh, of the two bones. So <clears throat> with uh, the injury of pop, I think he is having a lateral meniscus tear so as i said earlier that we we, we have the grade of the injuries uh, most likely his uh, tear was a grade two to three uh, tear so if it's not a complete uh, tear of the meniscus that is why uh, he had the option of saying, no, I don't want to, to, to do the op now. Uh, or if it was a grade three, he was saying, no, I do have the pain, but uh, I'll soldier on with that pain. I'll only do the operation afterwards. The problem is that now with, with that tear, uh, the knee is going to be swollen. The knee is going to be very painful. 
the knee is going to have difficulties in, in terms of movement. It's going to limit, limit you know, his movement and, and, and all that. So either way, he will still not perform to the level that he's supposed to perform. So I think that is why he was advised that let's rather do the operation to make sure that now you recover better and then we push on the rehab so that uh, the time frame uh, becomes maybe a bit shorter with more uh, overtime work. So that is why he decided now to go and do the operation so that he can quickly start with his rehab and the healing process before the World Cup starts. Okay. E earlier on, you said maybe that's why he had the option not to go or he decided not to go for surgery. Do you actually give players the option? Uh, as a medical personnel, uh, we, we give advice uh, to, to the players, informed advice, especially after doing investigation like X-ray, MRI, or ultrasound, you can say this is the situation with your injury. These are the possibilities then we can approach it in this way and, and maybe the other way. Then the player will, 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 will decide uh, what to do based on uh, maybe uh, whatever responsibilities they have. I, I have one example, like at UJ, we have uh, this athlete who, who has a, a tear of a ligament. The, that player is supposed to go for operation. But now uh, the doctors had given a date for the operation, but the date now it's uh, almost at the same time with the exams. Oh. So the player decided, no, I can't do the operation now because I'll be writing exams uh, shortly after that. So. I won't be able to concentrate. Then I will do the operation after the exams. So you 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 can't stop or force the player to do it, you know, before because now they have uh, other responsibilities or engagements that they must concentrate on. Okay. So that is why, after giving the advice, you allow them to to take the decision. Okay, interesting. Uh, I see we've got a question on Twitter and a voice note, but I'm going to go into that shortly. But Simone, now just on the Paul Pogba injury or surgery now that he's done it, here, here's where it gets interesting for me. If, if I follow the story correctly, he went for that surgery then in the first week of September. The initial diagnosis was six to eight weeks, which means he has a chance of making the World Cup. But is it that simple or what kind of work then will it take for him to get there? Because he hasn't played this season. So I would think you can't just expect him to be up and running after eight weeks and play in a World Cup. Well, you know, in the league he plays in, they've got top medical specialists. They, they're obviously going to use all the technology available to them. And I think that He's a very experienced, very professional player. His age might count against him, but nothing's impossible. He obviously won't give you a full 90-minute game, but you can, if he does return to playing time for the World Cup, he can most probably be phased in, you know, come on as a sub, 
started with 15 minutes, build him up, and as his team progresses throughout the World Cup, he'll be able to provide more minutes. I think he's a crucial player in terms of his experience, uh, you know. So I think at that level, a lot is possible. Return to play protocols has really become uh, very, very scientific, and the technology and the levels of um, intellect that they have available to them I think that the teams they have are huge. You know, it's not just going to be one doctor, one physio, one bio like we do here in South Africa. At that level, they've got a whole group of people, and um, the equipment, the machinery, the the recovery protocols. It's it's really at a high level. So I honestly do think it is possible. Let's see what happens. If we see him on the field, we know that that he's made it. You know. Okay, interesting. So so when they say he's out for six to eight weeks, it doesn't mean eight weeks is the first time is, is, is when he's going to start training. It means that six to eight weeks now is the recovery process and doing everything he can to be fit. Well, it depends on, you see, it also depends on how they fixed his injury. It depends on how they did the op, how invasive the operation was, you know. But usually an operation like that, the day after they, they, they're bending the knee already, so, you know, these doctors, these physios, they all have, they've designed a protocol to, to, to basically get the player back in eight weeks. And it is possible. So probably the last two weeks of the eight weeks is when he'll be on the field and they'll be putting him through certain paces. Obviously not contact yet, not involved in, in playing yet, but he'll be there, you know, he'll be running. It's possible. It definitely is possible at that level. Okay, this is an interesting one. I'd like to see how it ends if Pogba will make uh, the World Cup because that's what he's based. That's his whole focus now. That's why he didn't want to go for surgery initially, but he was advised by the doctors at Juventus that he has to go for surgery, but he can still have a chance of making the World Cup. If you've just joined us, we are speaking to Ntantla Gift Ndlovu as well as Simone uh, Conley, a physio and a biokineticist, just to try and understand more about injuries. I did say we're not going to limit it to just sports or these World Cup stars that we're talking about. You are welcome to send us your questions or your comments if also you want some advice uh, please feel free to send us your voice notes on 061-4104-107 maybe let's go to the voice notes Phineas good evening brother Tabiso good evening to the listeners and good evening to your guest I think 50% of your battle with injuries is worn in the mind and the other 50% is from medical treatment and medical help like your guest Thank you. Have a great evening, Chapter 2. Okay, nice and simple there, Chapter 2. I don't know who wants to take this. Um, it's, it's, is, is, it, is, it, is it 50% mental? Is it right? How much mental is it? Uh, 50% is a lot. But uh, okay, the, okay, the, mental, <laughs> the mental plays a big factor in, in, in terms of you know, allowing the player to participate, you know, to, to, to have a positive mind, you know, to have hope uh, to, that I'll be getting there soon. So, but the big work, uh, it's, it's on the, the recovery. The hard work now, it's when you you must start training you must uh, push yourself you know uh, in cases of other injuries where the knee you find that the knee is not bending now the physio must must be your enemy you know must push that leg you'll be screaming you'll be doing all those uh, 
fighting, but ultimately then you get through it. Then with uh, the support of the whole team, uh, then you get through. I will say psychologically 10 to 20%. Okay, interesting. Thanks for that. Um, we've also got a question on Twitter from Tulani. I'm not sure who it is suitable to. Oh, Tulani, where is your tweet now? I can't find it now. Oh, my goodness. Okay, there it is. He wants to know what causes shin splints and how to treat shin splints. He's got a, he says, I've got three players um, that play on a hard surface and they experience the same injury. Is anybody able to advise here about these shin splints? Uh, okay, the, the shin splint. Okay, you can, you can come in, Simon. Okay. Um, I think that his question, uh, to a certain extent, answers itself because he says he's got three players that plays on a hard surface, uh-huh. and the Same surface, injury. yeah, the surface you play on, the type of footwear you use, all of those type of things can contribute to shin splints. But then there's obviously the biomechanics. How often do you train? your tibialis anterior, your calf muscles, your peroneals, all of that, those could, could be weak. Um, you know, I won't, I'm not going to tell you exactly what shin splints is in the medical terms, but, you know, just in general, if you're going to be constantly training on a hard surface and you're not going to be wearing the proper footwear and also the change of surface, as well as the change in terms of the tempo of training, if you have too much high-intensity training consistently with no medium load or lower load in between and um, you have no proper stretching no proper rest no proper recovery in terms of ice bath or pool session that usually leads to shin splints and then there's also biomechanical aspects like you know pronated feet and that type of stuff but that's not getting more um, into the medical lingo that we would use but in layman's terms those are the type of stuff that they need to sort out first and then Obviously, I would say if it's football players, consult a physio to get rid of the pain, manage it acutely, and then progress onto rehabilitation exercises that can sort out the problem. But it's going to come back unless you sort out your surface, the type of footwear you're using, as well as your load. Okay, okay there it is, Tulani. There's your answer then uh, from Simone. But also refer to the other podcast that we did. I think it was last month where we spoke about the the types of injuries caused also by the shoes and the pronation and all of that. We actually did discuss that. Simone, your people have found you. You can and you can imagine the kind of questions that are coming now. I've seen whenever you're speaking to the media, your pe- football people will find you. So I'm going to take a quick <laughs> break and you you know the questions. I mean, there's one that says when are you joining Orlando Pirates? Please ask her. <laughs> Please ask her. Let's take a break. Let's give her a chance to think about that and we'll come back with more. 0614104107 is the number for voice notes. This is SAFM Sport. Okay, we've got voice notes. Let's come back with it. Good evening, Mr. Taviso and your guest there in the studio. Uh, I'd like to ask your guest uh, that let's say maybe a player he has been injured now. And then the medical doctor or physio assessed him and only to find out that this person will be out for six weeks there. And then before that six weeks come to an end, only to find out that player, his injury lasted for a week. Is there just as, is there just um 
miscalculated or they're just making sure that this person is supposed to be out for six weeks normally because what we saw in Kaiser Chief striker I Caleb, knew it. I knew it they were so. predicting that it will be out for about four weeks only to find out that it didn't last for about four weeks only a one week and then he's back to the field good evening Mr. Taviso and your guest today is that Mr. not the same one okay Okay, thanks. Thanks for that. I knew it was going with Bimeni Mana. They were say, they had said he was out for four weeks. He came back after weeks. Uh, and Tlan Lovu, do you want to take that? What happens in a situation like that? Is it possible that a, an athlete recovers quicker than expected, or is it mind games? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I remember when an athlete gets injured, we we do the initial assessment where we will give a provisional diagnosis but according to our assessment this injury might be uh, let's say grade two and then afterwards maybe then we'll take the player for investigation where you find that it's not a grade two it's a grade one so sometimes there's that bit of confusion uh, the way the injury presents itself especially on the acute stage because you you'll find another player you know after injury having a severe pain and you know it's feeling like you know the leg can be chopped but uh, after a day or two it's a totally different story so i i think in 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 this case the the injury initially was thought to be maybe a grade two uh, and then only to find that you know it was it was a great one. That is why within a week period uh, he had recovered, especially with good treatment, good intervention. Uh, it's easy that a player can come back uh, earlier than uh, the prescribed uh, period. You, you you see in in most cases, uh, even in the national team or at UJ, we, we encounter the same thing. We'll have a player, but we'll give the period, the prescribed period, according to the injury. But at the same time, with the intervention that we do, the treatment that we do, you'll find that, let's say a player was supposed to be out for six weeks, but we push the injury, and then the player uh, now is back within a week or two. So it does happen. Okay. And then, Simone, another question on on Twitter, Monobisi wants to know, is it true that some players fake injuries? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yes, players would fake, fake injuries if they're having a bad game, if they're not feeling up to it. You know, they, as much as they're football players, they're people, you know, and sometimes you might be going through something personal in your personal life and things are not well and, and that's impacting your game and then you just decide, look, you're in a good space. Instead of speaking to someone, I'm going to hold it in and take an injury. It happens, you know. In in the end of the day, these are all human beings. Okay, Monobisi, there's your answer. Uh, before I go to the one about when are you going to Pirates, Simone, there's another one here about a player that you worked with for a long time, Peter Shalulile. Um, the coaches can't explain his muscle injury. They want to know from you, is he prone to muscle injuries? No, Peter, well, I haven't worked with him in the past since he was sold from Highlands Park to Sundowns. I've obviously not worked with him, but 
when I did work with him in at Highlands Park, he was not prone to muscle muscle injuries now. Okay. And when we talk about muscle injuries, what exactly are we talking about? Because I've even heard in Egypt that and luckily they were worried that Pesitao suffers a lot of muscle injuries, even though it was disputed um, by one of the doctors, South African doctors that was there, KB, or the physio that was there, KB. Or the what well, exactly? muscle injury, yeah. <laughs> the, well, okay, you have bones, then you have ligaments, you know, that attaches bone to bone. And then you have tendons that attaches your muscle to your bones. And then you have the muscle itself. Now, a muscle injury is when there's a tear in that particular muscle. There can be a tear or a strain. And like Nkankla alluded to earlier, it's a different grade, grade one, grade two, grade three muscle injury. So that is the difference, you know. Um, I just think that muscle injuries can be prevented with appropriate uh, preparation, periodization, conditioning, uh, injury prevention protocols, uh, load, uh, you know, managing the player's load, small things like that. So muscle injuries fall into your preventable injuries, whereas um, contact injuries, like if someone kicks you or if someone goes and there's a hectic tackle and your knee twists as a result of it or you jump very high and you land inappropriately, those are contact injuries and they are not preventable at times. Okay, and then I'm leaving the best for last, Simone Conley. Uh, sorry, we're almost out of time. But Simone, they say they miss you in football. When are you coming back? <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, I'm exploring more um, the lady side of football at the moment. I'm really enjoying it. Um, so I'll be seen. If you want to see me, I'll be seen in ladies football at, at, at the present time. Um, I feel like I've, I've done men's football. I've worked at the national teams. I've worked at the PSL. And I just wanted to also experience female football, especially with how well our ladies are doing at the moment. Um, and I want to also, you know, apply my trade and help some of these ladies like I did help some of the guys. So if you are looking for me, you'll find me in female football at the moment. <laughs> okay, there is your answer then, Bruce, there. She's answered it, uh, Simone. Sorry also to Mzu, who was asking if she would consider coming to Pirates. Um, let them have a ladies' team first. <laughs> but we're going to have to leave it here for now. We're out of time, but thank you very much to Ntlantla Ndlovu. I keep mentioning that he suggested this feature and it's kept us going, and I think it's very informative. UJ Fizio also, so thank you very much for always being available to speak to us and bringing your friends along Brent Lakes. Thank you, sir. And thank you for hosting us. Thank you. We're going to do it again next month. But that's it from us. That game between Sundowns and Marispec still hasn't kicked off. Um, it will kick off at 8.30 because of lightning there in Marispec and it's still nil-nil between Cape Town City and Chipa.